Hey everybody and welcome back to the discussion phase. This is our board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host Brady. And I'm Matthew. And on today's episode, we are as usual going to be catching up on some recent plays and then we're going to be taking a look into the past and assessing last year's goals and then projecting our goals for 2022. So as always, stay tuned and buckle up. All right, Matthew, some might say that some, some might say that we've been slipping on the podcast. Life has been crazy for in January. I feel like, yep. Oh, and I want to put John squarely on in the, as the cause for that. John. Yeah. John. Yeah. John. He's not here to defend himself so we can blame him. Yeah. John has a lot going on for all of us yeah. right now. So yeah, anyways. we are, uh, Brady and I are groomsmen, uh, in John's wedding, um, and so we had bachelor a weekend trip with him. And then recently we've had some wedding showers and stuff. Um, we're just being a little facetious. It's not all been on him. Not at all. We just, life has just been crazy, uh, the past week and a half. And we hadn't yep. had the time to get around to, uh, recording some updates and stuff for the podcast, but we have had time to get in some games. Yeah. So always got time for games. So got times for games. Number one priority. But I took off work today, not just to record the podcast It's just, uh, if I didn't take off today, I would lose that bonus PTO hour for like the end of the year for my cycle and stuff. So I just took off a random Tuesday in the middle of the week. Yeah. Hey, Brady, let's, let's record. Yep. So here we are. And uh, something else that I've been looking forward to every day since you guys have introduced that it to me. Is, well, it was a little bit of a hard sell, Brady, because you are an old man in a young man's body. Whenever yes. we introduce something new that has any kind of tech technology attached to it, you, you just get this very stumped look on your face. And it's like, I don't understand it. Someone's going to have to teach me. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I assume when something is like floating around in sort of like internet world and everybody's talking about it and everybody's doing it, that it came from like TikTok or something. And that just you, like you automatically, have an to that. yes, that just automatically puts me off on it. Yeah. And, um, but this is what we're talking about today is Wordle. Um, if you haven't heard of this, this is just a little website, um, word puzzle that comes out every day. Every day, everyone gets the same word. You know what? So, I forgot to do it this morning. You did? I forgot well, you to. you still got time. You still, still got, got time. time. I'm not going to spoil the word for you, but it was a tough one for yeah, me. Yeah, so essentially how it works is you are trying to identify and guess a single five-letter word. Uh, this can be a future tense, past tense. It's, it's never a proper noun. It can have repeating letters in it. Um, you have six chances to get the word correct um so what you do on your first attempt is you type in any actual legal five-letter word um and what the app will then tell you is one it will show the letters you put into that word as either gray which means that letter is not going to be a part of the word you're looking for it can be yellow which means this letter is in the word you're looking for but it is in the wrong spot or it can be green meaning that this is both the correct letter and the correct location and so you're trying to both identify the right letters, but also eliminate other letters in the words you create to uh, increase your odds of getting it. Because you really want to, it's almost impossible getting it on your first or second shot, but you really, at least for us, we're trying to get it on that third or fourth guess. Five or six guesses, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, you're a scrub. Yeah, don't want to be associated uh, with anyone getting five or six guesses. At the end of it, 
And there's no, this is a very like casual thing. So at the end of it, you just share it with whoever you want to yeah, share it with. Yeah, it has a but little share button. when you hit five, you, you don't share it. You're just like, I'm just going to pretend like, is, is that what happened to you today? No, you I, hit I, five? Have, I have not done it. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. Um, <laughs> so, but it's actually, it, I do it in the mornings, uh, like when I first get to work and if things aren't super busy, I'll pull it out. But it really has your brain kind of racking through all yeah. the different permutations. Uh, and for it, it. Is, it's not it, as, is, it sounds super simple, super easy. Um, but like the word the other day was null, K-N-O-L-L. And that is not a usual word that's in my Matthew, vernacular. The grassy null, man. You know, I know, you know, that's why I was really disappointed. So, when it, so I got that one in three. Yeah. I really I, that one took me, I think at least four, but, uh, what you were, I was saying, guys, I'm having a hard time here. I'm on my third guess and I have no idea. And the brain's like, open your third eye. If you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what are you referencing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but this has been something that's been fun and it's sort of like gamey, um, but it's been kind of going around in like mainstream world. I like shared it to my mom thinking that, oh, like my mom wouldn't be cool enough to know what this is. And she immediately sent me, you know, her results right back. Um, and so I just, I like when the world sort of latches onto a trend that isn't stupid and isn't like let's eat tide pods and and do stupid challenges like that and it's like actually engaging and challenging so that it's been a lot of fun to like um yeah just like throw my little results into a group with my family or with you guys or whatever and be like oh i got it in three today where are you guys at or whatever yeah but it it is although it's not a board game it's it's a game but it, it i love puzzles and stuff like that it feels um, like it could have been a board game i don't oh, know I mean, how you, you got would... scrabble i mean but it made me think it's like i'd be curious if that was not a mechanic that could be used more i don't know if you could really call it mechanic but word puzzle permutation orientation as a mechanic in a board game obviously you'd probably want more stuff going on and doing but either something that players are either doing personally with things they're collecting or there's a larger kind of meta game on the board where you're trying to gain and manipulate and get information from other players to identify these words or permutations. So maybe like some kind of secret information type game. It doesn't yeah. have to be heavy, but kind of a it, it kind of gives a me step the up same, for maybe a party game. Yeah, it kind of gives me the same vibes as Decrypto, where because you're really having to puzzle that word out because you're like, okay, well the A can't be here because I already used it. Um, and so like when I figured Null out, which Null was a tricky one that everybody was having a hard time with. Um, I just felt like a genius. It was like that same type of feeling that I got when you, you know, when you figure you figured out somebody's word into crypto and you're like, you feel like you're on to them or whatever. Yeah. It's that same type of feeling. So. Yeah. There is a board game out called Gutenberg. Are you familiar with this at all? Gutenberg? No. No. Do you know who Gutenberg, what Gutenberg is? No. The I, printing press? City? Oh, no. No, it's it's printing press, but essentially it's a board game. Oh yes, I do. Okay, yeah. No, and I don't I know, know if you're right making now. words in it, but the theme is all about word, like WordPress, like that's it's a Euro game. That's like the theming, but I don't know that it's actually a word building game or word puzzle type game. Not to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but um, so there's things themed around it. But I, I there, obviously there's like bananagrams, all these kind of like party games. But I would like maybe something a little more of a step up from like, hey, let's get eight people together and just have shenanigans, but maybe like a four, three, four player game to where there's like, you know, I, I like cryptid. Imagine like cryptid where we all have some secret information, but the puzzle instead of lo- figuring out locations, maybe some word puzzles. I don't know. 
Obviously, yeah. I'm not a board game designer. I'm typically but, not great at word puzzle. And there's another game that's been kind of taking the, the board game world by storm, and that it's called So Clover. I'm sure you've heard of that one. So Clover. Matthew, the, enlighten me, Brady. You have not heard of So Clover. Is it a play on So Clever? I mean, I guess so, but st- this is why you just are live in above 3.0 and wait. This is like the new party game. It's like take it's like uh, just one. It's kind of in that I'm same looking this realm. up right now. It, yeah, it came out last year. Um, um well, I haven't I haven't played it, but it is it looks like a fun word association puzzle game where you're like you have a four-leaf clover with um, squares, and you're trying to um, give clues to match up the squares. Um, so it looks, yeah, it's like a party game similar to just one, yeah. and it's on that same kind of caliber. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it here. So you, it's, it's like literally a clover that has some recesses in it on the edges. Like this person at the top has Oscars, on the bottom date, on the right goal, and on the left hot. And there are four recesses in the middle of this clover where you can put in a, like a word Hint. card yeah. that or, has yeah, yeah. that has four words on each edges. And so you're essentially trying to line up these words so two sides on the top, two sides on the bottom, right and left pair up. And so yeah. it looks like you're trying to orientate these cards yeah, to but where there's they, words in the middle and on opposite sides. And so you're trying to get, you know, words to. Uh, similar to each other and so it's just there's i don't know if anybody wins or if it, it seems like one of those party games where you don't really keep score and that's not really the main goal yeah. of the game some of those party but, games nobody is the winner oh because we see, all lost by playing I, I cannot believe you haven't heard about this no i mean uh i don't know how popular it is it says speaking that of a game two that and nobody's thousand... heard about what was the game that we've played the other now night? this is not a game that no one has heard about <laughs> brady um this was a kickstarter that came out in 2017 the theme of wow, this is that long ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now yeah. I was just well, talking I, before, but now I definitely think no one's heard of it. Yeah. Well, the game is called Outlive. Outlive. This is a game that I remember early on when I was looking at board games, I'd saw them, but I never picked up. There was a collector's edition that that was from a Kickstarter um, that was expensive, hard to get a copy of. Um, but the theme of it is what really spoke to me and made me engaged. I was like, I don't know how good this game is going to play, but the theme of it is something that's really cool. The collector's editions were really upgraded with your components, player pieces, all that kind of stuff. So essentially the premise is that we are four different groups. Each player, is, you play like a different little group, and you're trying to survive and outlive everyone else. And like a more of a, it's not a zombie, but kind of a, realistic take i guess on a post-apocalyptic type of world uh something like setting of like a division two or something kind of video game like that just imagine like the government and economic systems have fallen apart and so people are just trying to survive on their own um and so each person essentially has like a player board in front of them that's a bunker and your goal how you get a lot of points is by developing your underground bunker which are rooms that have special abilities gathering survivors uh, filling up those rooms and the way we get resources and in- interact with the game itself is on a main player board uh, game board in the middle of the table that has semi rondel kind of mechanic um, there's eight locations all around the edges of the board and the only way you can get to one or a location from another is going you know, left or right. Yeah. And it looks like spaces. a city and it's like city yeah. places. So there's, there's like, like there's car- yeah, there's a parks, there's woods, you can hunt animals. There's a cargo ship for supplies. There's a dam where you can filter out water. Apparently a big thing is like, there's been nuclear war. So there's a lot of radiation. So that's something you're trying to protect until you get these essentially workers 
uh, that have a strength of three, three, four, and five. That's essentially how many actions. And I will you can say take. about the game. Um, we'll talk about how much we enjoyed it later, but the it does have some probably the coolest workers I've ever seen. In yeah. Game. So instead of just having in the normal game is a little meeple that has a three on it, which represents this is a three a three strength group or worker. It's literally like a little. A miniature, a soft plastic like miniature. Like a squad. Like a squad of three people, or if it's like your five-strength meeple, it's like a squad of five people that are yeah. on this little block that has a big number on it and stuff. It's really cool. Um, the thing about it, on paper, everything about this game, I would say that sounds cool. That sounds great. The theme, uh, you're kind of semi-engine building with your little bunker. You, you're picking unique abilities that you're trying to upgrade and get. Um it's not worker placement per se because no one can stop you from placing on the board. However, you can't go somewhere where one of your pieces already are. And yeah, so the you main said thing kind of reminded you of Istanbul, and it did kind of remind yeah. me. Like it had that same feel you where you're yeah. you're trying to manage where you can and cannot go based yeah. on where you're because you are. can't keep a worker there and take the action again at the beginning of the turn. The worker must move and then take an action. And so, like, man, I'm at the dam already. I really want to get some more water. Then I'm going to have to move this worker off of it, take them somewhere else for an action, and then come in with another worker to do it. All, all I feel like when you describe all the individual pieces of this game, it sounds great. It's like, man, put it all together. The theme, the little asymmetry, some little engine building stuff. It's not a super heavy game. It's like a three out of five on the weight. But however, the this what is it? What's the saying? Like, the whole is not greater than the sum of its parts or something like that. Like the end outcome isn't as good as it should have been just based on the value of its individual pieces. I don't know. There's not a lot of player interaction. There's like this intimidate pressure mechanics. Essentially, if I go into a location with a higher strength worker than you are, you as the inferior group have to spend ammo as a resource to defend yourself. The difference. So if you have a strength three group, you'd have to spend two ammo. If I was a strength five group, or you would have to give me, the resources equal to our difference in a group. So it, it does have a little thing. Cause I never went out after the ammo. I was like, I'm not going to worry about that. But then I got hosed and people were just robbing from me. And so <laughs> there is like, you can mitigate it. And so it, it requires you to balance that. Um, so there's a little play interaction, but outside of that, there's not a ton of player interaction, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We like a lot of kind of multiplayer solitaire Euro games, but I never yeah. felt like rewarding or, uh, I felt like, man, that's a smart decision, or I felt super engaged with it. I felt like we were just flowing along with the game. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I did. I had very little cares the whole time. Um, I was more or less half like unaware of how the scoring works, and I like I just really didn't care. It felt very willy nilly most of the time because you just go like you go to a you know, you take your five squad to some resource place and you get five resources and, and there's no real tension to it. Like one of my favorite classic work replacement games is uh, stone age. And so you can Fantastic. put, yeah, it's amazing. And I get so underrated. We need to bring that one back. I love it. It's, it, it it's but, one of my favorites. But one of the things I love about that is you can put three workers in a resource place and then you get three die. And so you don't, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Yeah. In one you of have to kind of mitigate how many am I willing to risk to increase my odds. But at the same time, most of those locations have limited people you can place on there. The thing, if I go there and claim that first, there's other locations on the board to where I can't go. Cause there's only yeah. one spot for it. And so you have to kind of do that agonizing decision yeah. of like, Oh, do I, do I just put two people there when I know I need two resources? And yeah. so I have to roll this exact number, but there's other strategies to like to mitigate some of that and give yeah, your yeah, increased yeah. odds. You can go get, 
tools, tools. Yeah, tools. and help uh, increase your dice value. Man, we need a we need stone. Have, is fantastic. It is my. If you're asking me, Matthew, what's one worker placement gateway game you would recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. Stone Age is it's fantastic. Stone Age, and we, I just recently played recently played Lords of Waterdeep, um, but both of those are fantastic. Yeah, and so, like I said, if you're just describing on paper what this game does, the theme, all that kind of stuff, it's like this sounds fantastic. I want to play it. But just the experience just didn't have me engaged because yeah. I came in dead last. But honestly, I didn't really like I said with like with Kimmet, it's like a perfectly okayish game. I don't really care if I'm winning too much or if I'm losing too much. I'm just there for the experience. This is a little bit less than less than that. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a bad game. It's just a game that didn't evoke engagement with me like I would want to because I love it. Didn't that make me hurt thing. even when yeah you never even- felt like super bad because I guess it goes somewhere and do something else. Yeah, and like, and the, the little or the intimidation thing was a little more annoying, and the fact that like, um, yeah, I, I guess think it in was the in rules the, it said it was optional. So it's not. I I misspoke on that. It oh, is. You're supposed to play it. It's mandatory. The thing is, like, there is limited, like, say, water at a resource, or there's limited ammunition at a resource. But the thing is, there wasn't a lot of tension for that because a lot of the resources were interchangeable with each other. So like yes. one mechanic is that you have to feed the people in your bunker, but you can feed them with just only water. You could feed them with just only like meat because you can. Te- there's a mechanic in the game where you can hunt for an animal, get some meat from it, or you could just get canned food. And so there's like three variations to feed them for building rooms there's three different resources that you could use but you can use them in any figuration you configuration you want to and so there never was like man i missed it on this resource it felt like well i can just get a different resource of similar equal value and they didn't feel unique like the only resource that actually felt unique was ammunition because of how you used it right you used it to defend off you can hunt with it that that felt unique uh microchips the main thing microchips were used for in addition for building was you have to spend a microchip to, to power water. up the power up the dam to process and clean the water that was unique if there was more stuff like that yeah. i think that would add a little bit more of unique decision space to where i need this resource to activate this but some of them like picking up wood versus picking up metal it literally made no difference except for maybe there's these event cards which you need specific resources to clear. There are some items you can get in the game that need specific resources to uh, repair them to use them for a buff. But a lot of the abilities you get in your bunker say, hey, you can do this for two cheaper or you can do this for two cheaper. So really, if you just have like one of the resources or two out of the three, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like and I said, it's not a bad game. I could see where people who just really were just more focused on the theme and experience of it uh, would absolutely love this game. I'm not saying uh, if you're that kind of gamer, you shouldn't play it. It's just for me, I love survival. We love like video games like The Last of Us, things post-apocalyptic worlds and all these zombies type stuff. We love those kind of themes and settings. And so for a setting we love so much that we just did not feel engaged in the world that it was trying to create, it was just a um, meh type feeling. And I, I told the guys afterwards, I was like, I, I apologize. Because I pride myself on one thing very much so. is like, if I bring a game to the group, I have a good shot that this is going to be a good gaming experience. Yeah, well, you didn't need to apologize because we all... Now, you all picked it. I said, hey, I've got this list of like 15 games that I need to take out of the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need to play. What would y'all seem interested and in doing? And there's just always this tension with gamers and with, with me, you know, and with everybody, I guess. But whether it's like, do we... You know, we have a limited amount of time. We play games a lot, and I, I can't imagine how much tension there is for people who play, like, once or twice a month. We play, like, once or twice a week. 
um, if not more than that. But between, like, do we, since we're all together, do we play a game we know and love and we know we're going to have a great experience? Or Matthew and all of us have, like, five to ten games that we are on the the back burner that we haven't played yet. Do we, you know, risk it and play those? And we have to do that every now and then. And so we've played it. Everyone was was jonesing about that. Well, we think we all love, like, we enjoy more than just board game. I think we all enjoy the hobby. Yeah. And what that means is that and the discovery is the discovery yeah. of, it. and so we like new. It's like I, there's there's movies that you can I can put on repeat, and I will watch that movie over and over and over, like any kind of Christopher Nolan type film. Interstellar, Interstellar, uh, it's fantastic, and in Interception, not Interception, Interception. <laughs> so, <laughs> Your sports in, ball yeah, is coming in, out. Interception, over there. Uh, but like there's movies I can put on repeat and watch over. But I love experiencing the new, not just for newness' sake, but there's always that sense of wonder is like, what if there's something, uh, maybe it is cult of the new, but like something new mechanic or yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. new innovation or the thing is it challenges us because we have to learn new roles and expand. Like it's easy to get in a comfort zone with great games, which there's nothing wrong with that. But all of us in the it's group. It's like a cozy blanket. Yeah, you just want but, to warm up to some some classic blood rage by the fire and drink some cookies, hot, some hot cocoa. Yeah, we all love that. But I think we equally love the sense of discovery. Yeah, with it, um, and they're like some of the highest highs are when we play. You know, we come, you pull out this completely unassuming, kind of weird looking game, Rajas of the Ganges, and it just by the end of it, we're like first play. Oh like, this my is fantastic. gosh! Like this, we've never seen these sort of cross path type of scoring mechanism before, and like that's the reason why you just yeah. keep. And it's such to, a unique, unique experience when you have that moment. It's like yeah. I don't know much about this game. One of the other guys brought it in, but like even while they're explaining the rules, I'm like, okay, this sounds yeah. And some of the games that I've ended up loving the most are the ones that I knew nothing about going into them, like Lorenzo, Rajas, those type of games. Yeah, and so I, if you're really into theme, you don't have to buy the collector's edition. It was a pretty penny. Hoping I get my money back on it, which I'm sure I can. Yeah, there's retail copy of Outlive. Matthew, you can hit up Matthew in the Discord. Yeah, for for selling it. (laughs) Um, with it also. Talking about themes in a game, Brady, do you know what game just had some new art released for it? <laughs> no. New uh, art. The Anunnaki. Oh, oh, okay. Listen, this is uh, this is coming to Kickstarter? This is on my, I'm pretty sure this is on our, the last episode of our top anticipated games for I just have, for the hope year. they have a promo card of the, the alien, the ancient aliens guy, the meme where he's like, he looks like he's explaining With the crazy stuff. hair. Yeah, the crazy hair and yeah, all from that stuff. The, There's got to be one card. Yeah, because uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the History Channel has this show on ancient aliens, and some of these guys just look like they just crawled out of a cave. A cave and it's like, yeah. my third eye has been opened. Yeah, you will yeah. never believe Why what I just it? found out. <laughs> um, but it, it's Simone Luciani. He's one of the Italian designers. It's fantastic. Um, someone had said on, I don't know if it was Board Game Geek Forum, uh, David had showed us to us, but someone had said, I don't know if they had access to some information about the game beforehand, but they said it was a combination of, do you remember, Scythe and Terra Mystica. And I was like, be still my heart. Because <laughs> a combination of Scythe oh, and Terra Mystica, I, I don't even know how Two you're... Two games, I will, I'll be lucky to score five points in that game. Yeah, this is, what is, I, was what I'm this is the right monster now. of a game that you just never want to have to play, Brady. But uh, that gets me Jones in. Simone Luciani, it's a really cool theme. Apparently it's coming to Kickstarter maybe at the end of January, 1st February. I don't know. They said Kickstarter soon. So I, what that means, no one knows. Yeah, exactly. But I'm super hyped about it. Um, 
the I gotta be careful about Kickstarter because I just looked before the episode started, um, and I have nine games, nine or ten games that I've already bought. Yeah, that I'm just and waiting Kickstarter to come is in. turning into this weird pyramid scheme now because I got an update. <laughs> oh no, were they asking for shipping? Well, no money. So here's what they're doing for shipping. I won't name the company. It's just kind of strange to me, but so they're creating promos for their sort of existing library of games. And so, you know, this is something that they call it. Yeah, Simon's done it before. They call it the vault or like get access to like all the rising sun. But the reason why they're doing this is because it's a cheap way to build up more money so they can pay for the shipping of the games that they haven't shipped yet. And so it's like they're creating Kickstarters to pay for their, their, Kickstarters that haven't been able to make it overseas, and it's just it's kind of funny. But to, me. to be fair, I mean that was it's, not something it is they planned. Definitely better than they didn't plan to do for that. More money, yeah. yeah. And like, what else are they supposed to do? I yeah. mean, yeah, there's exactly. no hard end date. I was talking with um, Byron, who is uh, soon to be uh, John's father-in-law. He works with Fanrider Games. Um, we talked to him over the past weekend when they were up for a wedding shower, uh, and we just picked his brain. Like, I always have these questions about publishing publishers um what is the product like i was asking all kinds of just really silly like nerdy questions about design philosophies where they're getting their ideas uh production all that kind of stuff and then we were talking about um the whole shipping crisis and what that looks like and you know he's had contacts with people in china themselves and you know they said you know it could be up to 18 months or 12 months i mean yeah. there's no there's no one has it's, said hey it's by this day it's going to be that, over that companies knowing that at this point that shipping is going to be so expensive, continue to manufacture in places like China when they like they could manufacture here and but the, the difference infra- in shipping. Yeah. But the thing is, is there the infrastructure there? Cause I think it, like I check games. Um, they do it in CGE. Europe. Right? They have, they have their own processing yeah, facility yeah, yeah. that they do, at least from my understanding, they probably do other games people's stuff but they have like their own they publish some really cool videos on youtube i don't know if you mentioned yeah. it before yeah i've seen but it. they had to do a walkthrough of their whole printing process it's for so their cool. boarding it's, it's, it's so cool it's really yeah, cool yeah. and i was like man that'd be so cool to, to walk through there folding up folding and, up yeah. and the components and how all that goes together they they, they have they've kind of like on um amazon and stuff they're involved in the entire process from a to yeah, z yeah, right yeah. they can manage all the uh, they can optimize all the cost efficiency parts of it. Yeah. And so that's really cool. But like the infrastructure for like, like Marvel zombies, for instance, with the, these crazy pledges with these two foot tall Galactus miniature, um, they're charging like what? 160 bucks for uh, ship shipping. Yeah. That's I, insane. Yeah. Right. I can actually look here also too. I do not think our prediction of Marvel zombicide being the top Kickstarter of all time is going to, it's not going to make it. Who was predicting um, that? It's got, huh? Who was predicting I was predicting that? it could be possible because no. there are a bunch of Zombicide fans. It's only got like maybe four. It's closing on five million. Frosthaven's been dropping the ball lately. Yes. Yeah, Frosthaven did over 12 million. So it's not even going to get any, anywhere close. But the shipping for US for the Galactus all in. Okay. They said about 170. Oh, that, I think that may just be. I don't know if that's just the Galactus or all in, but like I'm looking at some other parts of the world, like for Latin America, the shipping for the Galactus pledge is over $400. If you're in Africa and you're a board gamer, I'm sorry, uh, because your shipping for the Galactus pledge on this Kickstarter is over $500. Yeah, you got it. You're you're better off going to China and picking it up yourself for $500. That's in, that's that's insane. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of travel, man, we just got so much stuff to keep, catch up on. Have, did you watch the question and answer video that Ice Tower Cruise they did the other day? Oh, no, I did not. I saw that they announced that. I did not watch the video, so I'll, I'll probably yeah, it was it that. was. Um, did you ask any questions? I watched it after. I, oh, I okay. didn't catch it live, but it was Tom... Uh, Mike, and then it was um, Jason. Jason, yeah. They all they were doing question and answers, and I'm really hyped for it. Um, they were it's they like, were. It's like less than a month away. <gasps> it I'm is. Sorry, I mean, sorry. yeah, it's the weekend of 14th or whatnot yeah. that week. Uh, but they were talking about like the cruise ship. I I can't remember which one we're doing. The they, allure it, of the sea. Allure of the sea. It's gonna be like half capacity or two thirds capacity or something like that. Like they, I think they're pers- purposely limiting that. But I think there's over 700 people that are part of the dice tower crews that are going to be on the boat. So we're going to, so there's going to be a good uh, percentage. I think there's going to be maybe 3000 people on the cruise. So thankful they're doing it with all of the variant stuff going on right now. Yeah. They say Um, there's still the mask required to mask unless you're sitting down eating um, stuff like that. Um, And there are different gaming areas and stuff they'll have. Apparently we need to get a COVID test. With 48 yeah, yeah. hours before boarding. Yeah, Tara and I, we ordered some to like take home tests. So I don't know if that wait. counts though. You need to watch the video and double check because I think it maybe need to be some PCR testing. Sorry. Oh. Um, medical getting... nerdy out. But uh, <laughs> but I'm excited for it. I, I literally sat down and just watched the entire video. They're talking about, apparently there's people that have been to, ev- there's 48 people on this cruise that have been to every single Dice Tower cruise that there's been. Um, yeah, they well, they had like, like four or five, four or five. And yeah. so they're like this kind of elite group elite, that yeah. they're, that Tom said they're doing a special dinner with one of the nights. And so oh, like, really? if you're like, if you were one of the people, the few, the proud that's been to every dice tower cruise, you could have been on this, you know, very small kind mm. of dinner. Kind I've of got group. two. I'm going to have two. I'll be there one day with, with like four yeah. or five. They also talked about, and this is interesting. They are not doing goodie bags this year. Oh, Okay. Yep, and Tom said the reason why is because he does not want to. Uh, I may simplify that. He said the amount of time, the amount of energy that it takes putting those together, and he says, you know, to be honest, most of those games are are stuff that publishers are just trying to get rid of just because they have extra stuff. He said the amount of energy and time and the logistics of that was not worth it. Yes, but he and said it's people, the amount of logistics for us because we're like, okay, well, we're going to exactly. get like two bags of games, so we have to bring, pay for a whole other. You have to pack a suitcase in your suitcase, which we've already just, we've literally had that discussion. It's like, yeah. what are we going to do with that? And you had you said you and Tara probably aren't going to take them. Yeah. Um, but he said also too, I do not want people to come. And I think he said they're doing this for maybe their dice tower, like East or West, or the the. Um, they're like local conventions and stuff. They do meetups. Like they're not going to do it because he doesn't want that to be the reason why you come to the convention. He wants the the, the content and stuff they're doing there. He's like, I want to put the, our focus, time, and energy into what we're actually doing during the convention, the cruise, to be worth it versus all that kind of stuff. Which yeah. I'm not upset about, but he said apparently people wanted to cancel their cruise or For like demand $50 stuff worth of board because games. because they're so not getting lame, a goodie people. bag. If you are out there and you did that, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, it, trust me. I don't. If the best game that we got was Galaxy Trucker, and I get got home and immediately sold it. So yeah, they they weren't that great. Yeah, but I'm excited for it. Um, and so it's yeah, it's literally three weeks away. Yeah, get hyped. All right, so let's transition over to our goals. So, Matthew, mm-hmm. were you able to finish out 2021 with your your goals? Yeah, so one of the goals that we had... A big goal. Big goal was at least averaging one game played a day for the year of 2021. 
Um, I starting into the year, I was like, I just don't know if we're going to be doing this because life happens, right? Things yeah. come up. You never know. Um, but I was able to put in, let me make sure I put this for the year, 412 games played. Uh, a lot of those, 64 of those came in December alone, thanks to PAX Unplugged. Um, got a lot of gaming in. I ended up getting 446 games played. Now, so, Brady. So one of the things we're going to be talking about. You and, and for, you and Liars Dice. How many Liars Dice games well, do you we'll have get, in that? We'll get to that. It's not important. Okay. Um, is that we're kind of talking about, and this was a big trend a couple of years ago. Um, so I don't know how many people are doing it now, but the idea of the 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. Which um, is 10 games that your goal is to play 10 times for yes. the calendar year. And as we just talked about with our, you know, that sense of discovery, that is like in stark contradiction to discovering games. Because if we look at our list, um, there are not, at least on my list, there's not 10 games that I played 10 times. No. So on our, at least for mine, I think so what are I you, had what 176 are different games I played. And which is way more than I thought. I had 142. Yeah, 176 so. different games. Only 16 games were played five times. Uh, of those, three games were played uh, 10 times. And of those, only one game was played at least 25 times, being Gloomhaven. Um, and so there were only four. So what are your, sorry, go go over that again. What are your top, let's see your top 10 played games. You want me to list them all? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, Gloomhaven with 25. Root with 14. <sighs> Brady, it's been a hot second since we last played Root, too. So, like, we hit a lot of Root early in the year yeah. for that, too, which the Marauder expansion should be coming in the next month or two. Codenames, 13 times. Dice Throne, uh, 10. Caesar, Caesar the, the new game we picked up at PAX. Two-player game, nine times. Liar's Dice, nine times. Bullet Heart, six. Crokinole. Had six, uh, Dice Throne Season 2, six times. And then Fugitive, which is a newer game that you introduced me to, I think I've played a total of six times. And all six of those plays came in December. So those are my top ten. And so, yeah. And so when we're talking about playing ten games ten times, you know, that's 100 plays. That would be those ten games would take up 25% of my – because we were we were hitting it pretty hard to do 400 – for me to do 400 and – uh, 16 plays or however many, like, yeah, I can't expect doing more than that. That that would be absurdity. Like, to be doing more than 450 plays during a year is like that's a needs quarter to be, of them it, are are 10 games. Yeah, yeah, but you would need to be like a professional. Like, we have jobs, we have families, we have responsibilities to do. Is like, so I can't yeah, imagine taking up all of my opportunities to play games just on just 10 games alone. Now, a if you of, yeah. if you only have 20 games in your collection or 50 games in your collection. That's not unreasonable. Great or crazy. challenge if you want to save money, and there is nothing wrong with that. No, um, and yeah, like I mean, and we talked about there's there's a tension between going to the cozy what you know and and going out to the great beyond pioneering. Um, so here, quick shout out to my top ten. Uh, we had Liars Dice with forty three plays. That's that's insanity, Brady. What's wrong with that? Liars Dice is the perfect game. And yeah. I've already, and just this year I've added like twenty more, so it's, it's going to be, be your most played game of all I'm gonna, time. My, I, one of my goals is probably going to be to play Liars Dice a hundred times. That's probably one of my. But are you games. counting each like when we start and finish? Like you know, you play till one person's left standing. Is that a play, or is the play like we may do that three times? Is that a play? No, that, that it's 
each session is a play. Like, you know, we will play occasionally. We'll play Gloomhaven, and we'll do two sessions. And we will count that how many times? Twice, but Twice. those are hour and a half Doesn't sessions. Doesn't matter. I, I see nothing wrong with counting a session of Liar's Dice as a game. All right, Russell Westbrook. All right. So... See, Brady, you don't Your even. Your argument you don't even, is invalid. <laughs> Brady, you don't even sports ball enough to know that reference. No. Russell Westbrook. Westbrook needs to. He's been dropping. He's no no more free throws for Russell Westbrook. All right. Liars dice at forty three. Gloomhaven at nineteen. Which you clearly have. You missed some log plays yeah. of that. Well, I mean, I've typically I count a session or I count the whole night as one play. I don't cheat with Gloomhaven. Um, all right, Blue Lagoon is 14. Root is 14. Lord of the Rings Confrontation is 12. Watergate is 11. Blood Rage is 9. Uh, Star Wars X-Wing the Miniatures game is 9, thanks to John. I have Quest for El Dorado at 8 and Cryptid at 7. So you got a lot more plays of Blood Rage in than I did. I guess you were playing with other people. Yep, I, I played, we probably got that three or four times with the Knoxville guys. Over yeah. Here. So that's at least one goal that we completed because that was both of I think that was on both of our lists, right? Or was it just mm-hmm. mine? Yep. Uh, this one another goal that I had was it's I it's so silly talking about this in retrospect. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I say it'd be really cool to work on or design a board game or something like that. That's a big L um, <laughs> on that one. Where where's the progress on on that one? Absolutely. You got a zero. prototype going? No. No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand how, where you would get the time to do that if that wasn't your job. Or you're just not playing other games. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, just like... I mean, just in theory, I can make the a little... work together would just be... Yeah, I mean, in so theory, I can make a Codenames-esque adjacent game with some words, some clever yeah. little way you do it. And honestly, but, it's those type of games that end up selling a lot. Like, I mean, Codenames? Codenames probably sells more... Then like it'd be really interesting to know what the development time on Codenames was. Yeah, probably not that much because I think it's, it's the I, as much it's as the like idea. It's the idea, and then you can do some random generators yeah. for words and stuff. Uh, but that was a big L on one of my list for goals. The third goal that I had, I think we just did three, was that I wanted to curate and my collection around a hundred games. Um, I'm still in the process of of selling and processing them out i've listed all the games that are removing um because i think including the games that i've pre-bought like they're on the way i bought them on kickstarter i've pre-ordered them from different uh publishers it's like sitting at around 137 and so i've made the list of the games to call um i still left a couple for like some of these games i pre-ordered may have question marks on them to see yeah um and you have a list of like what 20 unplayed games or something like that so a lot of those picked up at pax yeah. And so it's kind of hard to say I'm going to sell these number of games before I've even played some of these unplayed ones. Um, but I've already made a list, and I'm in the process of taking pictures, putting them together, either the on the Facebook page for the board game selling or on. I've had really good success selling and just selling on eBay. The thing is I love it because it automatically does shipping and all that kind of stuff automatically, yeah. automatically included. I, honestly, I prefer shipping and selling board games on eBay just as a convenience factor. Yeah, when you sell them locally on Facebook Marketplace, you just get those people who have no idea what board games are. Oh and yeah, you've got like probably three, four hundred dollars worth of games on there, and they're like, "I'll give you five bucks for them." And you're like, "No, 
sorry, go to the go to the thrift store and buy Monopoly with missing pieces if you're trying to give me that deal. Yeah. So I feel like I was I hit out of the park my first goal. I'm in the I've done the hard part of of identifying the games to sell. I mean, just the logistic part of it actually removing them and getting them out of the way. Um, but I did not succeed on the designing board game space. <laughs> yeah, so I do I not think, feel too bad about because I was I don't know even why I said that. That's it's very very silly. It's a big deal. Yeah, and it's so funny to me that um, like people think of us. A lot of times, like uh, normal people, think of us as like these super freaks, and they—it's uh, uh, like called they see, nerds. Yeah. Well, they say they see us like logging our plays, and that just like blows people's minds for whatever reason. They're like, "It's wait, useful." Wait, you you're you're logging your play, and everyone thinks it's kind of funny because the first thing they think of is that we like care about our win percentage. Everyone's oh, like, no. oh, you got to bump up your win percentage. Honestly, I never look at that. But it's so funny how but. many people will ask me, well, so when are you going to design your own board game? And that is just so funny to me because like, I want to take someone like a movie buff and yeah, say, oh, when, when, when are you making you, your own movie? You, yeah, when are you going to make your own movie? And it, it's just so funny that people just, they look at like, things like Uno and they're like, oh, it's just a deck of cards or something. Like how easy is that? And you're like, no, this isn't, it is not that, that simple. You yeah. Have to- because even a lot of times, a lot of um, these people that are creators, whether that be film, whether it be art, whether it be food, uh, cause I love the whole culinary types uh, space, um, love eating out and experiences and all that kind of stuff or fine dining. Um, but when you look at these people and you hear them talk and you watch YouTube's on them, a lot of them are so focused on the process of their own artistic creation that they don't really focus on consuming other forms of that art yeah, yeah, yeah. when they do that. Like, so filmmakers are so focused on their own or whatever it may be, even board gamers are so focused on the creation of their own designs that everything else in that sphere is kind of put out to the side. Yeah, That's like not I always heard, true, I've but heard that I Ryan see that a lot. doesn't play other people's board games. And I can believe that. Like I, um, you know, even even people who, um, like in the like YouTube space, when people talk about people who play video games for a living, um, those people um, who are um, are like creating edited content, they're actually playing video games a lot less than most people because they spend you know maybe an hour, two hours playing the game, and they spend five or six hours editing all of that content, yeah. putting that together each week. So it's very structured. Um, and, and so yeah. it's two different spheres being a consumer, uh, a connoisseur, if you would, of different art forms versus being a creator. And a lot of times the the insight that you have is completely different. You know, a lot of times people who create these video games, because I watch a lot of um, YouTube videos that look at video game creators reacting to people playing and interacting with their games and the thing oh, is, like speed runs, speed runs, oh, things yeah, like those that. Are but it, but it, it's very interesting because people who engage with the product of art so much, they expand on the creation itself in ways that the designers never thought possible. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. we always talk about broken games or things that have some kind of broken mechanics. Yeah, but like a lot of that Super Smash Brothers Melee. <sighs> it's like the the poster child. I know, or, or like something we talk about on tapestry a lot, but it, it comes from as a consumer, we dive in and we explore and we push boundaries on creations a lot more than even the designer even knew or yeah. thought possible. Well, your playtesting pool goes from you know twenty people during the design process to thousands of people when it gets launched yeah. onto. And the there's public. ways to where art forms like that can take on a new life of their own 
not because of what the artist intended, but because of where the consumers took it. Yeah, and, and I love in those it's videos. It's a very interesting dichotomy. I love in those videos, quick uh, sidestep here, but uh, in those React videos where they do those speed runs, it's just so funny when the developers go, they're like, yeah, it took us four and a half months to develop that level, and they just did it in three and a half seconds. Yeah, it's <laughs> Because insane. they, you know walked into a tree and then press the X button while jumping or, or something like that. Yeah, or they or they learn things about their creation that they never knew until someone else discovered itself. And so yeah, it's yeah. so interesting in the board game space, obviously, we're getting a little esoterical with it, but even with board games, there are things that... They don't that, happen overnight. They don't happen overnight, but there's even things that come out of these board games that even the designers didn't intend because of the love people have for them, like new the strategies or all these type of, type of things. Like, I... I always very curious, like a game that I love so much, Great Western Trail, like when you design a game like that, a Euro engine building tableau or kind of combo, do you as a designer, and I'm just asking just generally because I'm not trying to insinuate anything, yeah, I just don't know, but do you, do they know all the different type of permutations or combos in their games or they're like, wow, I didn't know that was even possible in my design until someone did it, Yeah, yeah. but, but it's, it still works, right? Sometimes I feel it's a 50-50 that happens and like, wow, now this breaks the game or that can happen. And like, wow, now this game is even better. Because like my love for Great Western Trail grew once I started realizing all these like secondary tertiary strategies and combos and way to put this action with this action and this build with this build. And I was like, were all those permutations there when the designer created the game? Yeah, and I know you guys were talking about um – Cole Worley mentioning that this was going to be the last expansion because well no I think they had one one more yeah or well that each expansion gets exponentially harder to design because you have to everyone every faction and route has to be compatible with every other permutation and like player count so it's not only player count but then it's all the different factions at those different player counts and so like the the available options of like what could be in a game is is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, how do you design that? And what do things get through the design process that are still there? Yep. So it's very, very interesting. I don't know how we got to this point, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad, I'm glad we, we did. did. All right. So let's move on to, um, our goals for next year. So yeah. I, I don't think a 10 by 10 it, while it, that might be a feasible thing for, for some people out there as professionals, who who do a podcast? Who who are professional want, amateurs? Yeah, professional amateurs. Um, who sit in a living room, at a normal living room, uh, with our cats running around all over the place. You're a cat person. I'm a dog person. Yeah. Um. We and who want to pioneer into other um into other board games. I don't think the ten by ten, um, it, as feasible is is for us. A but sun? what are some other, um. What are some other goals that you have in mind? Well, definitely my the I've, I've, um, conventions. I think uh, is a yeah, you, really fun. You got experience. bit by the convention bug this year. Well, I have a very healthy skepticism because um, there's a lot of interesting people and things you run into at these conventions. Uh, and the larger the conventions, the crazier things can be. So I talked with Byron, um, who's from with Van Ryder Games, um, and over here, the past weekend, and he was talking a lot of Gen Byron, Con. We so we had a uh, rehearsal dinner, or not quite a rehearsal dinner. It was a shower. Shower the other night. We will have a rehearsal dinner next month. Yeah, um, we got a lot of things going on. But my favorite thing was that Matthew and I were 
um, put at a table. Byron was not at this table, and it was like the first chance Byron got. He hopped over and ta- was talking to us, and we and his like by the end of the night, his wife was having to like basically drag him out of the thing because we were. It was just great. Yeah, and he, I love that. They're in the one part where they were playing some couples games, John and Caitlin. You know, he was on. He went. Hey, I gotta go. He went took some pictures, and then he came back. Like, this okay. Let's resume where we yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about some different uh, projects and things that were coming up. Yeah, um, and we were all just like grins ear to ear, just talking to each other, catching up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he asked us too. Uh, he said, you know, he listens to the podcast, and he asked us. He's uh, like, I know I've heard y'all talk about it, but I, he said I enjoy asking this question to people in person. Or I can see how they respond. And he asked, he asked this simple question, why board games? And so we talked with him about just that. He's like, he already kind of knew what it was, yeah, but he, he said, said he likes he, asking in person. He said he wants to see our faces because he likes faces to light up or he likes seeing faces light up when people, you know, talk about their passion. And that's so true. And I know for me, when I consume content that I'm passionate about, um, especially in the board gaming world, um, I, I love the Dice Tower guys. I love the board game Barrage guys. And when I listen to them and they say something that I get and I know, you know, I'm like listening with my AirPods and I know if this was playing out loud, no one else in the room would get it. Oh, no. And it's and it's so hilarious to me. Um, And I just feel like when I'm listening to them that I'm like, I'm with my people. That's what I feel like. And so I hope that that is what this podcast is for our community. Yeah, I don't. So we're going to, we're going to have the dice tower cruise, which that's a convention. Um, it's, it's a different kind of convention, but in my mind, it's, it's a, to me, it's the perfect vacation. It is the liar's dice of vacations. The one you were going to do over and over again. Yeah. There's not, there's not a bunch of like, if they are, they're there in person, but not in like, like there's not going to be like the publisher present representation, like a normal convention. But in my mind, I'm labeling that as a convention. Uh, it's 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 five days at least five or six days. Um, I definitely want to do packs again. I I like to do three. I don't know what the third one would be. I'm still hesitant on doing something like Gen Con, just due to the sheer size and insanity of it. I know there's some other ones. There's some other like Dice Tower East, Dice Tower West. Yeah, I know Dice Tower East would be probably my number one. Yeah, pick. there's the Board Game Geek Convention. Um, there's always Essen. Germany? Oh, I am oh. so down. Would you be right? I am so down. You, Eventually, I probably, I don't know if I could make that happen this year because we're already going to Europe, but at some point in the future, I want to do like just tra- plan a Germany trip uh, around Essen and then, you know, may- fit Essen into that. Yeah, I really feel, yeah, that would be one we would need to plan for like next year, like yeah. go ahead and start planning in advance. So I don't know what the third, I like to do three. Um, I don't know what the third one would be yet, um, but we'll see. I'd definitely I like, like to make it I happen. I like the idea of Dice Tower East just because it's in Orlando. Orlando! And uh, it's got, so, like, bringing everyone down there, like, the wives, the kids, all of that what kind was of it? stuff. It, was a, it wasn't a long, like, when we were flying down to Orlando, which is where we went with for yeah, John's. a little hop. We, flew, we drove down to Asheville, which is a 45, 60-minute drive or... Yeah. Maybe sixty minute yeah. drive or something like that. Uh, we got super cheap flights with what is it, Allegiant? Yeah, or something like that. We flew straight down there. We were in Orlando. wasn't too big of a process. Uh, so yeah, and uh, then and you could do like a Disney day or something. Yeah, um, just but you know go just before the convention. And then when do- in the year is that though? Because listen, Orlando is nice in January. I do not want to be there in the middle of summer. That's a good question. It that was would be fantastic. It felt awesome to get away from. 
East Tennessee, which doesn't get too cold, but it was still pretty cold here, and like, go down to like a cruise in February sounds great. A cruise in June, July, August sounds miserable. Yeah, <laughs> don't sign me up for that. Uh, yeah, so I think Dice Tower East. I I haven't even looked at any of. The, it would also be fantastic it. if we could get all of the guys to go on. Uh, well, I've already gotten everyone's verbal commitment for PAX Unplugged this this have year. You gotten my verbal commitment. Uh, Brady, I I already yeah, know. Brady. I already know. I you you cannot say no. I will take you there. Am I your ride or die? Speaking of our ride or die and our our stats from last year, what who are our most played with people? Um, my most played with was you, Brady. At that's right, two hundred. It was. How many plays do you have logged with you? I have two hundred twenty four with you. I have two hundred and twelve with you. So you've missed a couple. Oh, that's probably the Gloomhavens. Yeah, that's probably. Um, and just seven of those would be quickly. Gloomhaven. Some other stats are my number one player count was four players at thirty nine percent. So almost almost half the games that we played were four players. And then my next biggest one was actually two player at twenty one percent. Really, yeah. mine went four three, and actually my two and five player counts were tied uh, with that. I know we're going to be talking about. We've already we mentioned before. I think in next week's episode, we're going to be talking about two players, uh, two player games specifically, which I feel like we've dived into a lot. Uh, not necessarily because like I just want to play with two people, but yep. just because the experiences are yeah. Unique. Watergate was just really opened a watershed moment. Yeah, it, it was opened the that? floodgates f- for me realizing that two player games could be really yeah. Intense. So yeah, is that so. one of your goals for 2022 is more two-player games or um, more exploration into two-player games? Because mine, one of mine is, I don't necessarily like, like that would be insane. Some people may that be what they're into. For me, we've been saying like, hey, Brady, whoever else, you're not invited tonight to come play games because we're just doing two players tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that, if someone said that to me, if I don't know them, it's like, hey, whatever. But if like one of you all said that, like, that would just be like, <laughs> yeah, what in yeah. the world's happening like right now? Would, are we in a Twilight Zone or something? rather play this game than hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like even when that. you and John are playing a two-player game of X-Wing, I'll come hang out yeah, and we'll yeah. do something else yeah. later. <laughs> it's like, that's just, that's not who we are, yeah, at yeah. least. Um, so I don't think we're going to be putting preferences on two players, but I I want to explore the two-player landscape a lot more because I think the, um, the like I said, the things you can do in some of these games and how they can push and be creative at a lower player count is unique and interesting. Yeah. So I think another, so another, we have uh, go to cons. So we've got buy more or less games, depending <sighs> on what you're doing. So I'm, I like, I think I'm going to try to make it my goal. And again, I've got Kickstarters coming in. I consider myself buying a game when that money leaves my bank account, not when the game arrives at my door. So those were already bought. Those were bought. So I would, I'm going to try to keep my game purchases at one a yeah. month. So that's going to be 12 <laughs> games a year. Well, I, I can see that for you. you. You, I think in our group, you may buy the least amount of games. Uh, yeah, that's, and so I usually buy a game. If it, if it's one that we're playing, I will usually buy if I see myself playing it without you all or or with, you know, family or somebody else. Um, so, like, I bought Quest for Eldorado for that reason. Or yeah. if it's a lighter game that I know none of you scrubs um, who s- stick your nose up to light games play. So, I'm usually the one buying lighter games. Um, yeah. 
And I've been buying some two-player games. So those yeah. are kind of the ones. Well, I went back and looked because I was thinking about buy more, buy less. And I looked, I, was, I think almost all of the games that I picked for my most anticipated for 2022 are games I've already bought. Like Wait. I've pre, oh, okay. like I've pre, or like they're not available. You can't, you can't play them. Like they're not going to be available until 2022, but I've already bought them. Yeah. So <laughs> I started thinking like, what are the games that I haven't bought yet that I know I want to? And I know there's, there's some, not all of them I've bought. There are a handful that I haven't yet. And so, yeah, that'd be interesting. The thing is going to be so hard because when we go to these conventions, I have a, I have a, uh, sometimes I struggle with compulsions. Brady, that <laughs> yeah. is a good way to put that. When and when I went to PAX, when right? I went to PAX, I I can't even remember how many times I said, "David, why did you leave me alone?" Because <laughs> and David will attest to this. Every single time he left me alone, I and I would walk back to him. He'd be like, "Oh no, Matthew, what have you done?" <laughs> and both of my arms are just full with games, and it is just literally, I don't even know a good way to to do this. Like kid in a candy store, like I would walk up to. This vendor is like, oh my gosh, I didn't even I like. Think I think you definitely shouldn't go to Gen Con because that's. I don't need to go anywhere alone. Um, because like there was at one point on day two, like after we had already done all our crazy shopping, I saw a vendor, and he wasn't even a publisher. He was just selling some of these games like Mind Management, uh, Deluxe Copy, uh, Unfathomable, Micro Macro, and I was just like, hey, bro. Are these for are sale? Are these for sale? <laughs> and and so she I, has wares <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you? What kind of currency do you want? I got Bitcoin. I got Doge. I got Ethereum. I've got Canadian. Uh, whatever you need. Um, and so I just every time David would leave me alone, I would end up with a pile of games in my arms. Um, and I say, yep. Hey, David, you mind if I go back over here? And it's like Matthew, don't need to go over here alone. Yeah, I usually keep like a revolving list. I have like a, a list on my phone of like back burner games because yeah. um, I just sometimes like in this hobby, games can just get so hyped, yeah. and you and then you know give it two months and then no one's talking about it. I feel like there was one game that everyone was hyped about was. Did you remember Black Angel? When oh yeah. That, when that came out, I was super interested. Was talking about it, and it was like. The game of the year, and now, well, it, it was it was never no it, it was hyped. It. it was hyped as potentially. It never, it never yeah. was. Um, it was kind of a spiritual successor to Troy as, or in your words, Troy no. Yeah, Troy no. Troy no. I so I won't say that I will necessarily. I'm not trying to buy more games, uh, but I'm not going to say I'm intentionally trying. I'm being more conscious about it. Laser I recently focus. won my uh, fantasy football league, uh, oh. and I got a hundred and thirty five dollar payout. For that, and so I have a little um, $135 that I just set aside. Um, I got sent like this Visa gift card or whatnot um, that I'm going to be using for board games. <laughs> One board game um, that I'm hyped about is in my cart right now is Brian Boro Boru by Osprey Games. I asked, um, have you seen this at all? No. So I'll ask you a question, Brady. Do you like Vikings? Uh, y- yes. Yes. Do you like drafting? Uh, that's the best part of Lorenzo. Yep. Do you like, uh, trick taking? Uh, yes. Do you like area control? Uh, that one's a tricky one. That one's got to be done in the right way, but yeah. Do you like multi-use cards? I don't like multi-use cards. I don't believe you. So (laughs) this game, I, I haven't done a huge deep dive, but I've watched some quick reviews, um, of it and it looks really, really cool. I played a game, uh, called the King is Dead. Uh, by Osprey Games. It's it's very unique. Um, you can play a 1v1 or 2v2 type of area control game where you're doing card management and it's all about getting into your opponent's mind, right? 
you know, you know the cards they have, you know the cards they've used, what are they going to play, what can I play to counter them? It's all in that kind of mind space. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of like a spiritual successor to that. And so that's what I'm really hyped about, but I'm not actually buying it, Brady, because I was given that money. Yeah, you're being gifted it. Yeah, so I have $135 that I'm going to be spending a little bit here and there investing. to get some investing, some new purchases. But I'm going to be trying to not go over the top, maybe save those little spending sprees for conventions. Um, that's, yeah. All right. That's going to be a tricky one. So another goal that people that I've seen floating around on the interwebs is playing all of the top 100. How do we feel about this one? So I looked through the list of the top 100. I would say I've played at least 80 to 85 of the top 100, but there are some in the top 100 that I either have no burning desire to play or I highly doubt the opportunity to play it is going to be there for us. One of the which is like in the top 20 games I've played all but um, – like through the ages, the story of civilization and Gaia project Gaia projects is a game I want to get played in, but like through the ages is a big game. There's a digital app for it. You know, I could do it that way. I don't see us getting through the ages down and played. We may, but one is like kingdom death monster. I, I don't have a desire to really play it, but like the amount of money to get that game and to yeah, play I'm it is insane too. I think it's like the same too. As yeah. You. Brass Lancashire. I don't think you haven't played that one, Brady. Uh, we played Birmingham, but like, why would I want to play Lincolnshire? Because I love Birmingham so much. Like, there's little things like that. There's like third edition of Twilight yeah. Imperium, and the BGG Top 100 is just can be so misleading because yeah. you know I I just feel so sorry for the person who has just been introduced to the hobby, just finds this board game geek website and is like, oh, these are all the top 100 games. They must be amazing, and then starts like buying those. Uh, yeah, and I play Clank. Do I need to play Clank Legacy to be considered a top 100? I Clank, don't think so. Clank, I'm shocked that Clank Legacy number is 30. in the top 100. Yeah, um, but yeah. I just realized Castles of Burgundy is number 15. I did not realize yeah. that. And the we, thing is, they have like Agricola, and then they have like Agricola Revised Edition. I played Pandemic Legacy Season One, but I haven't played Season Two or Zero. Uh, so there's like little weird ways that like vert secondary versions of games are in the top 100 with like the main, like there's eclipse and then there's eclipse like dawn of a new galaxy or something like that. I, you, which you've played, I would much rather play the new eclipse game. I have no desire to play base eclipse. So there's just some games like that, that I just don't really see ourselves getting played. One I really want to, and I've talked about it a lot is dominant species. Um, especially they have the new Marine edition. So in my mind, if I played either version of those dominant species, I've played dominant species. Either version of Agricola, I've played Agricola. Either version of Twilight Imperium, I've played Twilight Imperium. Um, so I wouldn't... Some people are going through and literally playing each individual edition of the games, which is fine, I guess, if you want to do that. I think that's a little overkill. But it, it wouldn't be outside the realm of impossibility, especially if at some of these conventions who find some of these games, like a Kingdom Death Monster. I highly doubt it's going to be on the Dice Tower Cruise. Because it's just a, it's a huge box. It's, a, it's hoping, so much content. Uh, are we are we gonna throw down to get our hands on Ark Nova? That's so Ark Nova will be there. Yeah, Tom said it will be there. Yeah, and Boone Lake will be, be there. Some other ones. Throw some bows to get in um, there. And get he Ark said Nova. at one point, if you rent out these hot games like Ark Nova and you just sit on them for an entire like half a day, he said you're you're a horrible person. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you are, you are. Everyone knows you're trying to. Or they're trying to play that game. 
So I, yeah, you need to rent. You got they they that one should come with a timer, and that you and as soon as you set that game up, you hit that timer and you got to return it. Yeah, I am. I will play it. I am not willing to waste time waiting in line to play it because I'm sure people will oh, do that. Well, like, you just no 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 no. You just yeah. You just like check it out or whatever. Well, I'm thinking like, but it's, they only gonna have so many copies of it. I may only have one copy of it. And yeah, so if people are one. playing it, there's gonna be people standing in line waiting for them to finish, so they can take it right next. And I'm not going to waste my time uh, like that. That would be so awkward to be playing and have people I, like standing. I, I up. would be, I would be absolutely <laughs> shocked if that doesn't happen with Art really? Nova. Yeah. I, I genuinely would be shocked if something like that didn't happen, or someone was waiting at the checkout line specifically for when that game got back. You may yeah, not yeah. be standing over the shoulder, so I'm not willing to Just waste breathing down the back of their neck. Yeah, I'm not willing to waste my time. <laughs> like at an amusement park, standing in yeah, line. Yeah. We do need to create our list. Uh, we maybe will. That'll be a future episode. We will. We'll make soon. a list because, like I said before, the number one mistake you can go in to these kind of conventions or type of things is trying to learn the games. Then, yeah, yeah, it's a horrible mistake to make unless someone is teaching you the game. That's different. Someone knows it; they're teaching it to you. Yeah, that's every game is like that. But for both everyone at the group, both of us to be learning the game. So hopefully, if there are, I mean, there's enough people at this, um, they could teach us. But like. There's some games I'm going to go in having already pre-learned the rules, expecting yeah. to be able to play it. All right. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to pass on um, playing all the top 100. Honestly, we'll give it a few years for uh, some of these. It depends. If you include, if you drop out of there. No, 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 no. Yeah, That's yeah, not going to yeah. happen. If you include digital, we can definitely make it happen. <laughs> and if you include like the, um, um, what is the, the, the board game not a board game arena, but the other one, Tabletop Simulator, we yeah. can absolutely do it because I'm not going to pay the money for Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah. Max vs. Minions is on the it. list uh, that we haven't got, and I'm going to give John a, a shout-out. I'm going to put the uh, responsibility on him after you're married, bud, because I know you have um, have this... Um, I'm, I can't buy board games. I'm getting married. I've been hearing that for a couple months now. <laughs> even though he still has gotten some stuff, I think. Ooh, um, after, I you're married, after you're married, which means, one, he'll have more time. After he's married, he'll have more money um, and yeah. have more time with us. Yeah. So after you get married and have all this income and, and, and time on your hands, I want you to pick up Mechs versus Minions and we'll I play think, together. Uh, I think Drew has that. He's one of our listeners, uh, local does he have, gamer. Does here. he have Mechs and Minions? We, yep, I okay. think he does. Yep, um, I mean, okay, so next, um, or this is kind of the last one that I would consider, is painting more. And I don't know how you feel about this, but like... I, I've been missing the project. Like I'm trying to find the project that I want to spend the time in paint. I thought Ankh was a contender for that. I my honestly, me- you need to go smaller. I what, like. I think one of my things from last year is to finish painting Blood Rage, and I got. I'm super close. I've got like maybe one or two um, little miniatures, little monsters left. Um, but still, it is. And you go through waves of painting where you're like. This is awesome. Why don't I do this more? And then you're like, I just want to watch Netflix in my free time. And yeah, yeah. it is an interesting waxing and waning and, and yeah. with it. I guess for me, my old thing is like, if I'm not getting the game, like there's so much time invested and there's so much just attention to detail. Like if it's not getting played or if my copy's not getting played, I don't know if that's a very vain thing, but like I paint these to enhance the experience, not just to paint. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, we play a lot of your copy, or a lot of times we play Jacob's copy of Blood Rage. And so, even though I've painted some, I don't have a burning desire to finish it yeah. as soon. Um, I've painted some and done some work on Rising Sun, but that's not getting to the table as much. Um, I yeah, don't know. I mean, I don't... Re- it is a 
significant time advance. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Investment. Now, so for you, some smaller games that have like a very limited pieces in them to paint, yeah. like I painted the Terraforming Mars rover. Yeah. yeah I yeah, loved yeah. that. I painted the uh, the wingspan bird. Love that. So I like those. I'll do in a heartbeat. But so yeah, it's harder. Doing, if, I, so I want to do. I want to finish Blood Rage, and then Tara and I are currently painting the Grim Forest. And those look fantastic. They just look very cartoony and playful and things like that. So I can't wait um, for the first time to bust out the Grim Forest when it's fully painted and play with some yeah some family and stuff. Uh, we like stuff like painting our characters in Gloomhaven. I'll yeah, keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of time. No, we put a little pause on on Gloomhaven just to give us our, our like a mental refresh because we I, we were hitting it really hard. I'm ready. I want to get back into it. Doesn't have to be every week, but at least here, like somewhat more consistently as we prep. I like to I do. We don't have to complete all of Gloomhaven before we do Frosthaven, but I'd like to see a little bit more because there's things we haven't gotten to in Gloomhaven that I think are interesting, like some of the more like secret type stuff. Ooh. But like painting those figures as you go. Um, so, but the thing is, it's hard to find some, not necessarily smaller games, but games that aren't a quote unquote miniatures games that still have some nice. 3D miniature components in them that you can paint. A lot of times they may end up being first player pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ankh was wanting to, I would, that was wanting to be my next big project. Um, I just wanted, it was going to take years. Love it more. Uh, I think uh, the, the unfathomable, I think we need to play that some more to determine what our actual thoughts on that. It was a learning game and we did it. Um, I definitely think we need to try it at five, but those miniatures and stuff, you don't have to do a crazy ton of detail, but even if some different, light paints and washes even if you just paint the main big monsters there's two there's like a mother hydra and then father dagon they're like yeah, the yeah. two big creatures you paint those those are two nice ones to paint and then you can do kind of a, a wash dry brushing to all the other ones maybe a little on the basing so it doesn't have to be a crazy crazy project um but if if we play some more unfathomable like that that's one i'd like to paint or do some painting too because the miniatures are fantastic yeah and yeah you wouldn't need a whole lot to to paint those either no. All right, so we need to lock in some goals for next year. So what, what is one goal that you're going to do? I'm going to my my goals that I'm going to have is um, cons um, that I'm going to do for sure. I would. What's another one that we had? Uh, I want to make progress on the top 100. I think that we can do that. Um, we may need to do some online plays or some tabletop simulator, but we can definitely do that. Um, I'm already working on calling the collection. Um, but then mine is to play more two player games or explore more two player games. Oh, okay. Cause that's, a, that's a space that I want to, want to do more in. Yeah, I would love, and this is somewhat dependent on, um, you know, how we get through the, the Corona. Um, but, uh, I would love to get, do some more con stuff, um, and I, I, I don't want like a, a, a watered down version of it, uh, of, of the cons. So I want like everyone to be excited. I want the, all the publishers to be there and all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll kind of see about that. Um, the Dice Tower is much less about having publishers and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And that's why I like releases. PAX. I say it over and over. It was an equal part publisher, equal part playing. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Um, but so I'm going to try to buy. 12 games, only 12 games this year. Brady, you're telling me that in three hundred, the next 365, you've already, did you buy Rebellion or was that a gift? Star Wars Rebellion. It was a gift. 
No, so you're not including gifts. Okay, or yeah, gift yeah. cards. Oh, yeah. You're talking about money that you're specifically, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, um, I can see where you get that through. If you've got Christmas, you got holidays, anniversary oh, yeah, yeah. stuff. I got my birthday coming gift up. Gift cards. We got all that kind of stuff. Okay, I can see something there. <laughs> 12 games will not happen for me. Um, I don't believe. Yeah, and well, and I am already getting, yeah, like five or six from Kickstarter, so I think that's pretty reasonable for me. So finish painting Blood Rage, finish painting The Grim Forest, um, and I think that's about it. All right. I, I think I'll probably just naturally make the goal of getting one gameplay a day per the year, but I don't I'm know not going to stress about that as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if at the end of this year I only played 300 games, I'm not going to be upset because I felt at some points I was purposely pushing myself playing more games just to hit those numbers at some points. Yeah. And not because I, I wasn't like ever playing. I was like, man, I just don't want to play board games. But like, I mean, we still got to live life, right? Yeah, yeah. And we still got to make sure we have other com- commitments and priorities and people in our life. Um, so I'm not going to be like 400 is all I feel is, is a lot. I'd be happy with 300. Yeah. But I'm not going to mentally go out of my way one way or the other. I'm just going to let it happen as it happens. All right. Well, um, if you are oh, real quick, Brady, this, go ahead. The biggest question that is everyone's on everyone's mind before the Kickstarter closes: Are you going to back with one of your purchases for the year, Marvel Zombies? No. Are you sure? Well, I'm positive. The this is. But just think about paint. Just get the Galactus. Would you just get the Galactus miniature to paint? No. <laughs> I I'm not really. So I I do like Marvel, but the. The zombie side system has never really interests me. Um, it's co-op, so there's that. Um, so, yeah, no, I have absolutely zero interest. There's another one, Yucatan, that you guys were talking about. I don't really know anything about that. I really am. for me. I really am in this sort of mode where, like, I have lost a little bit of faith in Kickstarter because, I mean, I have... Games from 2019 that have not showed up at my doorstep. Multiple games. Um, and so it's like I am just, yeah, I feel like I'm like investing in a stock that is not going to grow for another three years, yeah. you know, kind of thing. I And I want to focus on unique games. Like, I'm not going to be like able to QE. say. Exactly like you eat, Brady. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to be able to resist myself from some of these Italian Euro designers that they come out, but like, I am looking for things that are unique. Like when I talked about Brian Borough, I think that is a unique kind of game when compared to other stuff in our collection, at least by the descriptions of it. So I'm trying to look at a more of a unique collection of games that I pick up versus like, I know I love Euros. I know I love heavy Euros, but how many heavy Euros can you have? All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so with all that said, if you're listening to this, jump on the Discord and talk about your goals. Do you make goals? Do you do the 10 by 10 or some version of that. I know board game stats, the app we use just updated. So they, you can oh, yeah, actually, I saw an update, but I didn't read what all they have in it now. Yeah. So that you can, I think maybe with the paid version or the free version, I don't know. Somehow you're able to put like a 10 by 10 and like several other types of goals. And I think they, I think they're fun. Like it, it okay. kind of gives you like this meta game. Yeah. Above the thing games. is a lot of people are using this app and that's why they I mean, they come out with updates for this constantly. This is yeah. one of literally of all the game apps on my phone. This is the most updated app that they're constantly adding content for. Like when we were at these conventions, like we would sit down and play with people that I've never met. You know what they were doing after we played? 
yes, pulling out the BG stats. And so everyone is, everyone's using it. And, and so it's a, it's a platform that hopefully they'll just continue to uh, develop with it. I would love for them to um, integrate with something like board game Atlas, which I use on the reg for like pricing, price sourcing. I wish they would do some kind of partnership with stuff like that. Like after you play a game with someone else that you liked and you love that play, it will give you some options for buying the game if you want to. So I think it's a really cool thing that they could do, integrate some different um, sources like that into their app. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And this has been The The Discussion Discussion Phase. Phase. Thank you for tuning into the discussion phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase for new reviews and posts. You can also join us on the Discord uh, as well to let us know your topics on any of these things we're going over. What are your goals for this year? What are the goals that you had for last year that you didn't or did meet? Uh, And let us know what you think about every one of our weekly topics. Thanks, everybody. So, Brady, I just want to ask you, have you been able to sleep any of the past two weeks after we watched Hereditary? (laughs) Oh, man. I, I, the cats have been sleeping with me. Tara's been, Tara went out of town a couple weekends in a row, and I've had to grab Arwen and Kylo and pull them close to me because I... Say, kitties, if you see a woman crawling in the corner of our room. I also saw this um, video on Reddit the other day where this little girl and their parents were so proud, was able to, like, climb up the wall in the corner. And I was like, if that was my little girl, I would be kicking her out on the street. Beyond payment? That is not in my house. (laughs) Get down from the ceiling. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Uh, If you haven't watched Hereditary, I do not watch scary movies. Matthew talked me into it, and that's the last one I'm ever going to watch. Are you serious? I'm serious, dude. I do not want... I don't want that in my, my brain. I don't need it's demon a good movie. Demon, no. It's like it's, it's a well done. It's a well done movie. It's no, not a jump scare movie. The end of it was whack. The end of it was whack. You didn't understand what it was. It was the oh, message I understand. In it. So, you know, it's good. If you have not seen Hereditary and you want a quality non jump scare movie, you need to hit it up. It's definitely on uh, Matthew's top Matthew, ten scary movies. Matthew, when are you going to make your own scary movie? You know what, Brady? That's a great question. <laughs> I have to see you every day, so that's enough scare in my life.